Welcome to Around the Table. As a brother or sister begins to pursue marriage, what are some pitfalls to avoid, and what are recommended steps to take in the process of moving towards submitting a proposal? Our guests discuss that in the second part of this Marriage by Faith series. Just you know, being real open, we we see lots of different uh, processes, and maybe we'll talk about the end here what we would recommend. But uh, maybe to kick it off, what what are some red flags? If you would hear individuals talking about, oh, I'm thinking about this, or I'm thinking about that, or I did this, or I did that, in in seeking a mate, what what would uh, what, what's one or two red flags you'd fly and say? Oh, that's a that's a red flag. Oop. That, that's a, what would be some warnings one, here? One that I immediately comes to my mind, um, Mark, is when we're looking for the marriage to save us from something. Hmm. We're, we're hoping beyond all hope that the marriage will fix this problem or that problem in my life or this vice. Yep. Um, yep. And, um, and what we do is we bring all that stuff into the marriage. So something to be thoughtful about. F- fix loneliness or fix a, a, a struggle with sexuality, et cetera. Right. So um, yeah, that's, that's a very good one. Uh, Randy or Matt, any other ones? I really appreciate Matt's thoughts. I think that is a big one. comes back maybe to what we even discussed at the beginning about just contentment where we're at. But I think that also if we are resisting that transparent transparency or resisting being under authority, resisting, you know, someone, who in love comes and tries to help us and we resist that. I'd say that's a red flag that we know that boy is, is God really in the middle of that, right? Is the fruits of the spirit really shown there or we need to be concerned? Yeah. I think an, another one would be, those two are great. Another one would be uh, spending time with some of the opposite sex uh, and starting to talk more intimately, right? Not, not just uh, engaging in a young group or in a family get together and, and church settings, but the minute you're starting to spend uh, time together alone, and then especially if it's starting to talk about marriage or talk about, uh, I think for me, that's a red flag. Adding to what Randy said, especially if that's not happening with parental or or elder or minister conversation around it, I, I think uh, again, doesn't doesn't mean for sure, but I I think that that's a red flag or a warning of a potential danger, and understand the ramifications. Right, we we love a beautiful marriage, and and I'd say nothing brings more joy, pride to our church. Number one, when someone who expresses a, a desire to to be converted and they begin their repentance, but also to announce an engagement in church. Right, is always an exciting day for the church, but the opposite of that. Uh, when when that when their struggle the marriage brings an incredible amount of hurt and that's why uh, you know we want to put so much focus on building that foundation so it stands you know mark uh, what you just explained there makes then counsel very difficult because our rational mind and our feeling heart okay if they go head to head our feeling hearts win the argument you know, this is the way I feel. It's it's hard to reverse that, even though logical arguments might say something contrary. Well, if we're engaging uh, mentors, we're engaging parents, we're engaging ministers, elders, that's going to be very, it's going to be somewhat rational. <laughs> those, those conversations are going to be rational. But that situation that you described, Mark, is very emotional. Um, and so there, there is this, if, if the emotional 
uh, gets way out ahead, then it makes the counsel difficult. And so I think that goes back to your initial plea of getting counsel early. It needs to be, you need to be thoughtful, should be thoughtful about that. Yeah. And again, doesn't, doesn't mean the motion's not there. It doesn't mean uh, you won't fall in love, but you know, let's go back to our society for a negative example. Many, many people from Hollywood on down fall madly in love and it looks like it's glorious and there's a great wedding. And then very few years later, sometimes it's, it's heading in an opposite direction. So we know emotion looks attractiveness, romance, they don't glue it together by themselves. They are an important ingredient, but they don't glue it together, as we talked about earlier, commitment and faith and God drawing two people together as one flesh in Christ uh, is what uh, makes uh, a marriage last and, and be prosperous. Um, so let's talk even a little more specifically about um, the marriage process. We, we hear a fair amount of questions about so what does it look like? What, 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 you know, what would you recommend that I do? And I, I love Randy earlier saying it's not going to be this little box. And some of us are looking for that. Like, what's the rubric here? Uh, it's not going to be a, a perfect little uh, process. But I think there are wise steps and there are good things we can do. And so let, let me throw out the first one and then let you brothers add, add to that. S- spending time building healthy opposite sex and same-sex relationships in group settings, families, church group. We have a, a vibrant young group, uh, et cetera. All, all those settings, I believe, is, is one of the foundations of eventually praying about, thinking about, seeking out a mate when I have healthy relationships uh, across age and across gender in our, our denomination. So to me, that's a, if you want to ask for a, where would I start? That's where I'd start. I don't think starting in a closet by yourself, not knowing anybody and praying God open the Bible to Ruth uh, is, is the right answer. The right answer is building relationships. Um, first off, before we even go to the second one, any, any comments or things to add to that first one that one of you two brothers want to share? I think our, Young groups traveling, intermingling, spending time together is paramount, right, to making it work. Building that time of foundation in your life, building relationship with others that are going to end up affecting you the rest of your life. And look at the friendships that I made and are still friendships that I have today. And so it is a beautiful time, I think, to build those relationships and also to focus on ourselves. I think, you know, to build our own spiritual well-being and to spend time with God. And even, you know, if we go into 1 Corinthians 7, it talks about there, you know, that, you know, when we're single, we have that time to to focus. And marriage does bring a distraction, right? It, bring, it brings a need for time spent on someone else. And, and that's not a bad thing. But, I mean, just getting ourselves in a good position spiritually and learning how to do battle with Satan. And to overcome, and but Matt, those issues maybe that that can come up in our life, and spending time enough time with people will bring that out. And if we got struggles, then finding the help, whatever that might be, and and I think that we as a church are probably better able to serve and to help, you know, our counseling service and stuff to just help people grow into that image of Christ, right? 
Yeah, and I would like just to accent both what your brothers really sketched out there in terms of this healthy interaction of the sexes is so important. And that's really the environment. There, The environment needs to support the process. Um, as a church, we can have whatever process we want, but if the environment doesn't support the process, it right. will never work, never work. And so um, we, I think we need to think about this longitudinally, I guess, a little bit, you know, to say, is the environment in, in place to support the process, right? That then supports the ideals that we spoke of at the very beginning about what God's mind for marriage is. But, yeah, I think those settings or that culture whether it's in the family, in the church, or in the young group, is so important. The, the, the saying of uh, a young man who le- learns to to respect his mom will respect his wife someday. And I think you could extend that right through. The young man who learns to engage brothers and sisters uh, in a healthy way in a church and in the young group, etc., will do the same to his wife someday and, and build that culture in his family. All right. What what are some other, if we're talking about process, so we're spending time in in groups together. What what else should I what else should I be doing? Well, I'm going to take an easy one, right? That almost doesn't need to be said, but that's prayer, uh, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but the reason why I want to raise this one is is I feel like the Apostolic Christian Church has um, part of its DNA is that we we pray about everything, and and we can kind of chuckle at that, right? But we really do. Um, I have grown up and we've been taught to pray about everything. And I think if we, if we really understood the, the larger Christian experience, we might be surprised in all that we pray about that maybe some others don't. But this particular one, we pray about these things. We pray very carefully about these things. And that is why we might access a mentor. We might access parents. We might access an elder and others to, to have more people praying and pulling in that same direction. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that one can't be emphasized enough. In fact, I'll just tell you, in in my situation, when, when a young man or a young lady, but a young man comes to me, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for for prayer and time alone with God. And if, and if I don't see that, I usually say, let's just pause for a minute. Let, let's, let's spend a little more time alone with, with Jesus, talking this through and praying this through. And let's, let's, I'll pray with you. I offer to pray with them. I I agree that while, you know, it's not the only answer. I think the rest of these things fit in. In the end, we want God's direction. We want to know that God led us together in marriage. If you have a husband and a wife who both feel like God has brought them together in marriage, they'll be more committed. They'll be more sure when the storms of life roll in. The other side of that is God gets the glory, right? Mm. You don't claim to have that. Mm. I'm the one that got this all figured out. And when when we recognize it's of God, it's very humbling. Yeah, and I think that sure. that is part of the glue, I think, that holds us together. And even in those times, those bumps that you talked about, Mark, if we can go back and say, but you know what? I know where I'm supposed to be. I know this is where God wants me to be. That, that's cement. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm in groups. I'm engaging. I'm praying and seeking God's direction. Uh, what else? What else would you? I would like, maybe I'll use this to 
to ask a question. Should the individual be thinking, okay, um, God has one particular person in mind for me, and now this is an, a discernment process whereby out of the out of the three and a half billion options, I find the one that God is thinking about. Um, is that how we should be thinking about this? I'll pose that to you, brothers. Well, I uh, I don't know if I for sure know the answer to that. Uh, my view would be that probably not. That you're looking at the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. That we're stepping in faith one step at a time and that God will direct us uh, to the right person. But that there's not just this you know, set path. That, that God, I think back to the heart of Christianity. What is it? That humans were designed for a relationship with God not designed to follow a set of rules, but designed for a relationship. And in a relationship, things ebb and flow. And so I don't know that there is one, but in the end, we do want to feel directed that this is the right um, step forward, uh, that, that God is leading us. Uh, I don't know, Randy, if you have a different uh, different slant on that. Uh, I think Matt's trying to stir the pot here a little yeah. bit. <laughs> but it, I just had this conversation with my daughter the other night, who's in the middle of her repentance. And uh, I think it comes back to her own personal experience. I mean, and again, not putting God in a box for me and the experience I went through and how God revealed to me who I should marry. I would, it would point that, wow, this is the one because of how that worked. But I would never want to say that someone has to be on a journey to find the one because that, that would put me in God's in God's uh, box and I, I'm not going to go there. And again, it comes back to say that. And, and I would say that, you know, two people who are committed to serve the Lord with their whole heart and they love the Lord with their whole heart can make a marriage work. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's learning that selfless love, right. And, and denying yourself. And I just, as converted people, I do, I feel like that we have the ability to love on a higher level than what we would if we weren't converted. I mean, God, God changes us. Yeah. And I, I, well said. I, I think it's so much more about the spiritual growth and the, and the hungering for God and the trusting him and the relationship that it's about um, some magic answer. In fact, I've had, I've had individuals, I've had sisters have come to me. Uh, I, I want to be married and, and it's, and nothing's happening. And so we've prayed together over over months and months and even sometimes i went and, and made a proposal and and sometimes we've gotten a no back and and it's beautiful to see that god provides a way whether yep supposed to still be single and content or directing to a to a to an individual and so i, I think we're we make a mistake by getting too uh, scripted and too locked in to, uh, you know, a method versus a walking by faith and trusting God each step of the way. So we already talked quite a bit about trusted advisor, parents, elders. What about when I'm ready? All right. I, I, I think I'm supposed to marry her or I think I'm supposed to marry him. We've, we've prayed. We've been in the young group. We've done all the thing, you know, a lot of the council and my uh, mentor and my parents are supportive. Now what? 
I'm not going to answer this question, but I am going to accent it because I've, I've been asked this question directly uh, by both youth as well as parents. Say, what's the, I don't even know. Some parents struggle with knowing how to counsel their kids. Should they be speaking to the elder? Does the elder pass the proposal along? Are we ready for that? Or should we be thinking differently about this? And so anyway, now I've, I've just amped up the question that Mark asked. <laughs> So you leave the third party to yeah to bring a suggestion, right? Well, I, I would go back to what we've said all along, you know, to go pursue that trusted advisor and have a conversation. And, you know, if we feel led, then it's that's, again, it's a step of faith. And I think been more than one time where whether it's the brother or the sister, you know, it, that's when it gets a little scary. It's like, now this is commitment. <laughs> but if we've if we've done our homework and we feel like we're ready to move forward, then we have to keep taking a step in that direction to pursue that relationship as a marriage. Yeah. Uh, so one of the questions you asked is so and Matt started prompting a little bit there. So who do, do I go to her? Do I go to her dad? Do I go to the elder? What, what's the right next step? And, and I'll, I'll throw out some thoughts and let the two of you respond to them. I have found parents play a very important role because they know their child well. Um, I, I think ultimately you're going to marry an individual. So ultimately there needs to be a conversation or a connection there. But I think the role that's unique that the Apostolic Church has put in place is the, the elder role. A couple things. First, if you come to me, or I get a proposal for a sister, uh, I'm able to sit down and just find out where they're at spiritually and make sure there's not some brokenness or some sin happening in their life that needs to be dealt. doesn't mean they can't receive a proposal at some point, but maybe some issues need to be worked through. And there's just a safety in there that helps. And again, sometimes parents are doing that. Wonderful. My experience has been the majority of the time, maybe not. And so the elder plays a nice role in helping ensure that both individuals' uh, spiritual walk. And, and then just the experience that the elder's been through the process a number of times and can help sh- shepherd. And, and it doesn't mean it always has to be a set. Here's what we're going to do. Sometimes there is a reason to spend some time together. There is a reason to have a, a bit of a courtship. But when parents and the elder are in the middle of that, uh, there's just less risk of either some sexual things happening or some emotional connections happening that then cause uh, damage uh, uh, time. So any in, thoughts around uh, some of that that I just said, Matt or Randy? Well, the, I guess my job is to stir the pot. Um, I think some might feel that it appears controlling that yeah. every Every marriage somehow goes through the elder or you need to get the elder involved. And so I think there's, I think there's a wonderful answer to that. I'd love you brothers to, to kind of speak to that. Well, I think that the value, and, and Mark brought that out, of the value of the elder being involved, but also we then become an advocate for that individual. When we have spent time with them, when we know their heart, we become an advocate for them. Um, and... It's a safe place. I mean, we just have to. I feel like our culture continues to press hard on us in this, and uh, we have to go counter to the culture. 
And when we have an opportunity to, as Mark said, to pray with someone, to know their heart, we can be an advocate to the, because there's a good chance the parent's going to call the elder, right? If they if they don't really know each other very well, there's a good chance the parents are going to call the elder and ask questions and ask some hard questions. We just, I would just add to it, um, less about control and maybe more about resource and, and gray hair, right? Um, it's the first time for that 18 or 19 or 20 year old to go through this where I've talked to probably hundreds of individuals and the same reason to have a parental involved. And then the last is just resources. Uh, as we get people engaged, we, we get a number of people in our church involved in premarital counseling and helping them uh, build this marriage on a solid foundation um, uh, that can last. Yeah. I, I appreciated those answers, um, both of you. And I, and I just would accent, I think the unique resource um, that we have in our church, that we would have such an individual to bring into a marriage decision-making process that is exactly as you brothers have expressed it, um, experienced, have done a safe place, um, and have walked it through with many, many other people. I dare say very few people in the world have such a resource with this important um, decision. So I appreciate that. Well, I guess the, what I would just... Uh, uh, add here as we as we wrap up from my perspective is um, uh, marriage is important and marriages can be beautiful uh, marriages can be hard and and even seeking a mate and that whether it's dating or whether it's courtship or whether it's a, a more traditional approach all of those can sometimes have hurt in them and what we can't do is take the hurt out of our world because we live in a broken world and sometimes it's hard to, to, to sort things out and to, and to, and to make decisions. But what I, but what I would say is as a church leader and as a church body, and I, and I would speak for parents too, we love you and, and we want to help work through the wonderful things of finding a mate and getting engaged and the hard times of receiving a no or a relationship that didn't work. So just pray for each of you and love each of you. And whether single or married, be content. Uh, God has a purpose and a plan for you right where you're at. Thank you, Mark. I would say amen to that. I I would go back in my own life. That was not the easiest time in my life, but a time where I learned to know God. And I would look at that whole process of going through that, pursuing God and searching out his will and look at back and say, that's an Ebenezer in my life. That's how I know that God loved me. That, that put a foundation in my life that God is watching over me. He cares for me and he does want to bring all things to a good end. I just need to be willing to let him be God. Thanks for listening. Around the Table is available on AC Central. And now also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Pocket Casts. It is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church.